failure might be being miserable for the next five years and losing another whole senior leadership team. That might be failure. Um, success might be quitting now. It's not quitting. It's transitioning. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lisa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. All right, be it babes. We got uh, some action for you today. Yeah, mixing it up. Well, there's the action. <laughs> one, one, one third of it. Uh, so Brad and I are so freaking stoked to mention this next guest to you. Yeah, uh, my uh, executive coach that I worked with for 18 months, I think, uh, his name is Adrian Kaler. And just buckle up because he's about to blow your mind. He goes so deep, deep, so deep that deep. you're like, oh, my gosh, you leave the conversation going. I think I need to make all these amazing adjustments I in know. my life. I know. I already feel like we have some good things we can make. <laughs> yeah. what we heard today so yeah. save this episode save this episode um you're gonna hear an amazing story about how adrian got started what he does he's incredibly observant and then oh my gosh first guest first guest to go bold executable intrinsic and targeted in all the steps so he gave you all of them <laughs> typically people give us one right and he goes here's all of them so just generous as fuck yeah. and just a beautiful human being and really going to help you find that leadership within you and help you evaluate why you do what you do. That's what the whole episode's about. Yep. It's a win. Enjoy. All right, loves. It's here. OPC Summer Camp. You know that thing we started last year? Well, we're doing it again this year and we're making it bigger and better than ever because we have teachers from all over the world, which means all day long you can nerd out with me at Camp Zoom from the comfort of your own home in your favorite Pilates workout outfit without having to get bugs or dirt or weird camp food that's like some weird slot. No, you can have the amazing food from your own home. You can be whatever clothes you want to be in and you can join us all day long for whatever workouts and workshops you sign up for. In fact, you can even do a whole day pass and save the most money. In fact, up to 56% off if you buy the day pass. So go to opc.me slash events to see the full schedule and lineup of events. If you only have access to a mat, we've got plenty of stuff for you. We've got reformer. We've got some happy hip reformer with you. We've got so many amazing things. You can go to opc.me slash events to see the whole schedule, all 14 teachers and all the goodness that's going to happen at Camp Zoom. And I'm your camp director. Woo! All right, Be It Babe, welcome back to the Be It Till You See It podcast. I am so excited. We've got an amazing guest for you, which, of course, we always have an amazing guest, but we truly have one that has been part of our lives for a really long time. And we also have Brad here because this amazing guest has Brad going, oh, wait, I want to be there for this. So that's how amazing this guest is. Adrian <laughs> Kaler, thank you so much for being here today. Can you tell everyone who you are and what you rock at? Well, uh, uh, for number one, just awesome. It's so good to good be here with you guys. Love you both. And, um, so Adrian Kaler, um, and what I rock at, wow, mm -hmm. that's fun. Already fun <laughs> prompts for a conversation. Um, who the hell am I? Be it till you see it. What a great conversation. Um, so who the hell am I? I'm a dad. I'm a husband. I live in Los Angeles. I've got a full life full of chaos and beauty and all things in between. I professionally have a coaching a leadership coaching and training company called Take New Ground. We do all sorts of work, which I'm sure we'll get into at some level. Um, and I love it. I love fighting for people, fighting for them, like fighting. And sometimes I have to fight with them to fight for them. Um, but like being a fierce advocate for people is my jam. I love it. I wake up in the morning for whatever reason. I'm wired to like be in the foxhole. I just texted a guy. I'll be in the I'll be in any foxhole with you, man. And that's just true for me. Like, let's go. Life's about living. So and death is abundant. So let's go. You better get, you know, anyway, that's my vibe. And I'm, I think I'm great at that, um, yes. at really supporting people and advocating for them. At least results say that. And I just I'm alive in that. So. I can vouch for that. Yeah. Yeah, ma'am. Yeah. Well, yeah. This, we met you because I heard you on a podcast and uh, you were and like, then she quoted you. Yes, I did. And then you, uh, she, you she told me 
you just got to hug the cactus, yeah. man. So I, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking so, about? What are you so, talking about? The I one know. outside? I yeah, know. but seven. <laughs> a lot of beautiful varieties. <laughs> and I was like, I signed up for his lead magnet and I just kept forwarding the emails to him because I was like, why am I? I'm not the CEO here. Like, why am I doing this? And then I came like, to you. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's awesome. And you're like, oh, I'll talk to him. And I was like, that is the coolest dude. He's just going to talk to him. And so I was sure. like, babe, you got to talk to this guy. And he's like, yeah, yeah, when I'm ready. And I was like, okay, so we're on Brad time. So I just kept like <laughs> sending him more <laughs> things from you. And then he finally did. And uh, so that's how we we can absolutely vouch for how amazing you are and that you are in the foxhole. Yeah. So mm-hmm. for all everyone listening, um, actually, Adrian uh, worked with me for like a year and a half, actually, as an executive mm. coach. And we would have uh, calls uh, multiple times a month and, you know, texting and meeting up and all the things. And uh, really helped shape how I operate as a CEO, transitioning into the actual role from, mm-hmm. you know, because I never had experience with that before, uh, where before I was doing all the operations and I was still leading a team and stuff, but I wasn't, um, I had never, I just didn't have any experience. So working with you was really uh, enlightening because you get the opportunity to work with people in leadership and, and the CEO role all the time. So I yeah. have a question though. How did you get started? <laughs> Because <laughs> like, how do you, how I, like, how yeah, do you get how, started in coaching how do you leaders? do this? Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'll just share how I did, you know, I, I, there's lots of ways that I think other people did. And I didn't ever, I remember, just remember, you know, when I got into this work, I was always like scared that people are going to ask how I got into it only because like, I have a very odd, eclectic background and it took me a while to kind of hug that cactus, if you will, like befriend the oddity that I am and the eclecticness that I am and all that, and then finally own it. So how did I get into this? Um, let me tell the shortest version of the story, and then you can double click on any stuff you're interested. So I had always been a leader, and I think that's a choice. I, I felt leadership. I was modeled leadership. My parents are leaders in the community, small town, Southern Illinois, and a lot of opportunities to lead. I ended up leading a lot. And I'm just thinking like as a kid, and part of that, you know, a lot of that's choice, like stepping up. I got into leadership because the world felt really uncertain to me. And I felt really uncertain to me in the adolescent years, which I think we all do. One of the solutions to that was, oh, I can choose my own adventure. Okay, I'll do that. And people seem to want somebody to lead. Might as well be me, that kind of thing. So anyway, was a leader, early athlete, like lots of opportunities to lead in athletics and quarterback of the high school team and all that kind of stuff. Played, played football in college, involved in student student stuff. And I just liked it. I liked being involved in stuff. I'm like not a good guy in the stands. Um, I'm a good guy on the field. Like I like myself in the action. Like, you know, my own experience of myself. If I actually feel like I can influence something, I'm much more engaged. Mm-hmm. I'm not a great spectator, um, which most people will attest to or make jokes about. Um, so even just the assistant coach on my son's baseball team. I'm an assistant coach. I'm an assistant coach on my son's baseball team. Uh, one of the other coaches said, hey, Adrian's going to run practice on 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 Wednesday, which was last night. Adrian's going to run practice on, on Wednesday, but he runs it anyway. So anyway, Adrian's actually going to run practice on Wednesday. <laughs> and I was like, is that feedback? Like, this kid's here. Like, what are you trying to say? Anyway, so... I tend to have an opinion about things, tend to really want things to work. And anyway, i.e. that jumps into if you decide to take it on, that's leadership, like jumping in to affect something with other people. So in college, you know, uh, was a pre-med guy, didn't want to do, didn't want to become a doctor after I got into it, didn't want to do the rigmarole and the whole thing. And I'm not that data driven just as a person. I'm like human driven. I start at the ground and work my way up to meaning not start at the 30,000 foot level strategic and just like observational and make decisions down. I'm just a better in the trenches kind of guy. So became a nursing major, did that for a little bit out of college, loved it uh, and was good at it, worked intensive care. So mostly pediatric intensive care. So like being with families when they were in the worst day of their entire life, most of them. And then doing all the science. And advocating for people. And I'm like, all the science part worked in my head really quick. I remember a bunch of stuff and, I, and I'm quick on my feet. But the relational dynamic was always most interesting to me and actually where I found myself making the biggest difference. So I'd like go to the leadership and say, hey, give me the hardest family. Like, who's crazy? Essentially, I'd say, like, who's the crazy mom on the floor, you know, <laughs> behind the scenes? Because like moms would go, um, usually would feel big emotions and 
express all those. Dads would usually go silent and go internal and get angry around some gender roles. That's not always that way. But anyway, I liked helping people um, find a way through, harness themselves in order to like focus on the kid, focus on the plan, focus on what's needed, express all that in a way that works so that they don't, you know, people don't start, you know, avoiding them because that's what happens. Right. Um, so anyway, I loved all that. I very faith life is a big deal for me. I come from a spiritual background. Um, it's spiritual more than just any religious stuff's boring to me. And people that want to argue religion, I just don't have time for. But the idea of making the world a better place was always very captivating for me. Um, and anyway, so I was involved in a spiritual community, moved out to LA to join a church, essentially. And I was a, I was an activist guy. So like like befriending the poor, the marginalized, all that, like world suffering. I'm into that. Um and ended like being a part of, once again, advocating for some solutions and helping everyday people that are out there, have their jobs and their kids and the blah, 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 inviting them into and a life-changing experience when they go serve. Mm -hmm. You know, so I dug that. And so I did that for like six or seven years and got to speak a lot. And the church I worked at was very entrepreneurial and very leadership driven. So it learned a lot about leadership, got to teach leadership, partnered with Gallup organization to teach the Strengths Finder. We were like a, the pilot program for that. Um, and got to travel the world speaking on stages, essentially around entrepreneurial leadership. In that world, it's church planting, which is a lot harder than starting a business, um, where it's like you start nothing you, with nothing and you have no people. And how do you you know, build a community of mm -hmm. altruistic people in the community? That's that's anyway, there's five hours there. We could talk about that. But anyway, I dug all that through that. I met a guy that had a lot of money because his dad had a lot of money. He was like a trust fund kid. And he, he had his own spiritual epiphany, he wanted to start giving money away, which he'd never done before. And he came to me and I just happened to be the guy that meet him, happened to be the guy that had all those spiritual conversations. And in that world, you baptize people when they make a big leap. And like, anyway, the significant, I was just a friend of his, mentor of his. And he said, would you help me do this? And I said, sure. Well, what do you want to do? Anyway, that meant leaving the church called Mosaic and starting a foundation with him and help taking him around the world to help him figure out what he cared about first, and then finding ways to build a structure to implement cash and resources and people to go make a difference, whatever that looked like. They ended up looking like standing with people who had really blown it, like giving people a second chance. Mm -hmm. um, which started with Homeboy Industries in downtown LA, which is pretty well known, I think, to a lot of people. Father Greg Boyle, um, he's uh, kind of the Mother Teresa of East LA and started this incubator for uh, for companies. And the, 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 the companies are all run by ex-gang members. So mm -hmm. long story short, moving forward, got connected to some, followed some Catholics into prison. Catholics love restorative justice stuff. Me and a couple nuns going into prison. I get connected to this group of lifers. You know, all the guys that had murdered somebody, most of them had murdered someone, you know, 20 years before. And simultaneously, I met a guy named Dan Takini. Dan, you guys have met Dan. Dan had been in the leadership consulting, management consulting world for about 30 years at that time. And then had also been doing leadership transformation work and a lot, in, oddly, a lot with um, juvenile in the juvenile justice system. So he was That's really great. Crossover, yeah, really great at helping kids. He'd worked with a group out of Boston at helping kids change their mindset so they could change their life. Mm -hmm. And essentially jumping from a victim mindset to a responsible mindset. Um, and his work is impeccable. Like recidivism rate, that's the, that's the word in that world. Like how likely are you to go back to prison? Average 86% of people leave prison and come back. If you go through Dan's program, it goes down, I think, south of 12%. I think it might even be eight. That's but amazing. anyway, crazy. And they follow them throughout their lives. So if wow. you do this work well and help people become new between their ears, help people be it until they see it, if you know what I mean, if they, if they can make that shift, then their whole world changes. And then they, they shift, the world changes, and they get out, and they don't want to go back. So anyway, did that work for a good while, loved it, built a team. Um, work in prison. So my first kind of coaching clients as a, without even any real training, besides all the leadership stuff I'd done was in prison with murderers. And so we trained murderers to be trainers. So we did this apostolic kind of model, if you will, like train these guys to go out and be able to do the work themselves. So it's not like we're the white hope coming in from the outside. Cause all right. these guys were from different backgrounds and whatever. It's better if they, cause they're, they're all the leaders. They're all the shot callers in the prison anyway. Yeah. So we did that work, which was impeccable and awesome. The vision for that foundation became very focused. And I'm a let's make a huge splash kind of guy. 
So I said, I love you and adios. So through that, I've been through all this training. I promise I'm almost done. Been through all this training <laughs> and this coach's academy. And I thought, what do I want to do now? And I could easily do medical stuff. I could easily go back and do that. And, uh, but don't want to do that. I could go back to pastoral type stuff. That's boring for a handful of reasons. Philanthropic stuff is usually pretty stodgy and administrative and paperwork driven, which is not me. Um, or I could do this, which is kind of like, you know, all the leadership stuff, but full license to kind of be exactly who I am. Um, and it's just the right environment that like I get to be fully expressed and keep growing, keep changing, keep learning all that kind of stuff. Like it's a, it's an endless game. So that's how I get into the work. Okay. So I hope everyone just heard how not linear any of that was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and I love that so much because yeah. I think I know people listening to this right now are thinking, oh my gosh, who am I to do this? Because my resume right. is kind of like all over the place, but like, that's actually yeah. what makes you the best at this because you have, you've led in so many different ways. You've experienced all the different sides of a coin. So then when you're working with leaders now, you can actually help them find the path that works for them without having like, this is the formula that everyone does. And it just, we rinse right. and repeat. This is so cool. Yeah. I yeah. also love that. Like there's, um, you know, a lot of unplanned um, yes. shifts and changes that were actually big time changes, you know, like yeah. meeting happened to happening to meet a, a wealthy philanthropic guy who didn't know what to do with his money. <laughs> yeah. What? And then yeah. bump, bumping into Dan, uh, who, who was the, the crossover there. Um, I, I love that. You know, my, my, my buddy, um, you know, told me one time, uh, when I was really, cause I'm also like, I struggle with control and I also like to be no. the guy on the field. <laughs> <laughs> the guy no. in the field uh, calling the shots. And he told me one time, he's like, dude, you just got to ride the wave. Yeah. You don't control the wave. You just ride it. And I was like, yeah, or get crushed. Yeah. One of the two. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's crazy. How come I've never thought about that before? And that's cool yeah. to see like how it, it shifts and, and changes and, you know, you roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. Even just it hit me, you know, life, uh, what to say that's meaningful. The, um, if I followed a script, I was just listening to thing this morning and the guy, big podcaster, huge podcaster. I don't know if you guys know Chris Williamson from Modern Wisdom. Um, he was, uh, he's on the rise. He's probably the next Rogan. He's, he's, uh, what was the point? He was talking about how he's just not a five-year plan guy. And he's, a, he came out of the productivity world. And so there's a lot of pressure to kind of have it planned, have it very systematized, blah, blah, blah. Everything ratchets up to da, 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 da. And he's just like, I'm not that guy. And, and in some ways, the same for me. Like I, if I would have done a five-year plan, I wouldn't be getting to do this. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't because sure. I would have been like my own vision would have been my restriction. Mm -hmm. So because a lot of times when people talk about vision, they actually talk about an agenda. Meaning yes. like, here's what it is and it must be this. And if I've talked about it now, I got to stick with the plan and it's supposed to suck. And they get out of it. They, they have all these signs and symptoms that what they thought was true a year ago is no longer true today, but it feels like failure if they get off that and do something new, which I felt like, you know, it's like what I was saying at the beginning, like, I don't know, are people going to respect me if I show that I've had like, I don't know, four or five major transitions that don't make any sense at all linearly. Um, are they going to judge me for that? You know, it's like, uh, do I need to build something like, you know, and I've just never been this five-year plan guy. I want to show up fully and see what happens. Not that I'm not clear because it's, you know, you've been around me. I'm like pretty clear about what I'm up to and, but I'm really open to what I don't see. And they're all the possibility, not all, but a lot of the possibilities in the periphery. And if I'm not looking left and right and checking things out, it's not like threats are out there. I mean, sometimes there are, but opportunities are out there too. And so I'd be willing to try something on and seeing if it's true for me because I want to build a whole, I get now, and now I get it in hindsight. Like the, the through line is fierce advocacy. That's what I love doing. So however I do that in whatever environment I'm doing that, that's great. And I might only do this for another year or two. I don't know. I have a plan to be here. I think I'll be doing this for a long time. I haven't found yet another thing that gives me the freedom for impact like I have now. Um, but uh, who knows? Who yeah. knows what's going to happen? I like that you actually call that like the most people's visions and agenda, because I think there's a big difference between like, like how you picture the life you want to live around feelings, you know, yes. and like, um, what is a priority to you 
in your life right. um, and right. allowing the steps that you take to be filtered through almost like a value vision system versus yes. like on this date, because I went to a Christian college. So y'all, um, it was on this date, I'll be married and on this date, I'll have a child and on this, and they'll be like this. <laughs> I was yep. like, yeah, me too. That, we just wanted to get engaged so we could hold hands. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. And more. No. <laughs> oh no, no. You're more on the floor. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, well, you didn't go to my Christian college. There's some very Hello. great people there. Um, but but like I remember seeing all of that going, that is a really like restrictive, like there's not a lot of f- room for surprise. Or like you're just gonna be super disappointed. Uh <laughs> It yeah. doesn't go I, like ironically, that. Ironically, it's a Christian school. Ironically, that way of living has very little faith in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, who the hell's God? Who cares? I got my plan, man. I don't need serendipity. I don't need orchestration. I don't need providence. I don't need any of that shit. I am providence. Look, here's the plan. Mm. <laughs> anyway. So astute. Um, <laughs> I wish I was that smart back then. Um, so I, but I, 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 do, I do like that, like, there's a lot of freedom in this. And I think some people... Uh, the, the vision is like helpful for them because of the way they, they mm-hmm. like live in their stuckness. And for some people, mm-hmm. uh, uh, no vision at all. is <laughs> also like very, so like how, um, how are you, are you using like your drive this, like, like your goal of like helping as many people as possible as how you make decisions? Like, how are you making decisions on what you say yes to? That's a great question. Um, let me see what the real answer to that is. So first off, it's not that I don't have a vision. I don't think you were saying that to me, but you know, some people go out without a vision. I mean, not having a vision is a vision. Like confusion is a vision. Um, there's lots of reasons for that. Um, the principle scale, that'd be more my point. Like I'm really clear about what I'm about as a person and the gift that I am. Not arrogantly saying that. I just own it. Like I own what I'm really good at. And even just yesterday, a buddy, a close friend of mine texted me saying, hey, can we talk? And he wanted to talk through all of his business stuff. And I like being the guy that like when, when things are sideways, I'm the call you make. And I dig it as my like gift, you know? Um, so, but to your question, like, how do I make decisions? I've got, a, I know where I want to go currently in my business. And that's, it's not just me. It's we, like we've got a team. And we're declared about that. We're clear. We've got like numbers we're going to hit and types of events we're going to have. And all that's like lined out in a business plan. Um, I just really want to be open to being surprised. So quite often I will quote unquote waste time. Um, if you look at it, maybe even on the back end, it might looks like a waste of time, but I'm exploring. I don't know what's possible about like this person or this opportunity i don't know i mean then if, if it doesn't fit i could discard it and that you know a lot of like focus culture like that would be like good for you like you know let your you know be a strong no and i understand all that but i i i just get much more joy out of like testing and seeing and 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 seeing if seeing something is possible there and i love connecting i'm like a connector by um habit for sure like i love connecting great people just did it twice already this morning, connecting great people so that they can talk and maybe something beautiful will happen. So I'm typically really trying stuff on. So, but to, to your question, how do I do that? I've got my values really clear. I do have my long-term interests at heart. I do have the interest of my team at heart. Um, yeah, we're talking about an idea right now that's got a lot of trepidation in it with for me and for us as a as a team and my business partner. Um, and uh, essentially, I want to let him loose to go express what he wants to express. And I've got lots of some trepidation around that, uh, around because we have some differences in how we see things and how we operate in the world. But I'm going to go see it. And we're going to talk about it a lot and vet out the possibilities and then run it and then go see if it works or not. And it's probably going to polarize a lot of our clientele. You know, we're just going to go deeper, going to go, we're going to double down on the stand that we're taking in culture. So um, I want to go look, you know, so I, I've got an explorer's mindset. If I, if I bullet pointed for your uh, audience, um, my principles are really clear. My long-term goals are really clear. And I'm as committed to being an explorer as I am to being a, uh, an executive, um, which is a really, especially in my context, my job, because I've got kind of the most robust network of my team and I'm in Hollywood, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I'm really good at meeting people and generating possibility with them. Relational possibility, business possibility. So my job is to go out there and, you know, my son's name is Scout, for example, like that's 
what I'm up to. Like, let me go out. I'll come back to camp later. Let me go see what's over that mountain. I'll come back and report. Like, I love that lifestyle. Mm. I love that. Thank you for explaining that because I, th- I, I think that that's so helpful. Um, mm-hmm. One, your strengths are all involved in what you're doing. And then again, you're clear on your principles and your values and, and what your long-term interests are. So that takes a lot of knowing yourself. Um, yeah. for sure. Literally just going to say, <laughs> yeah. 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 But not only that, I think that, um, uh, you have intentionally built a business that allows you to enjoy the things that you enjoy. Right on. Yes. You yeah. Know, I, how about whenever, that? <laughs> That's an interesting yeah. idea. <laughs> I feel like I know a lot when of people, people are just feel so... trapped, you know, and, and they do, you know, like, um, I have often felt trapped and sometimes even in our own business where we call the shots, I still feel trapped. Um, right on. but the, the flexibility of the lifestyle that, you know, you want to live having like building a business that allows you to do that. Um, yeah, going and scouting or being able to just pick up and go work at a coffee shop. Like for Leslie and I, when we first started um, conceptualizing what a life could look like together, we asked what what are the things that are important and we love to travel. And so Mm. when we first started dating, it was like, well, how could we build a life where we could work from anywhere? And we didn't have the answer, you know? And yeah, but it slowly started to happen over, took years, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, being able to build a build something or create a business in that way, um, that's very freeing. It is freeing, you know, and freedom requires a whole bunch of risk. Mm. You know, I mean, that's what you guys are doing. Like when you decide to bet on yourselves, um, there's lots of upside to that, but there's lots of downside to that. Meaning, like, there's like, yeah, so at some point you'll have to suffer, and like, you know, be confined. I mean, I, most of our work now is working with founders of companies. I like founder-driven organizations. Um, and almost all of them uh, build a company they do not want to run. How they, does they, that happen they, though? Like how, is that happening because of fear? Is it happening because they don't have, an, they don't have the, the, their values and vision and principles or that like it just happened because they were kind of just following the money? Like how, <laughs> do you have an idea yeah. how it happened? Well, for most of them, for most of them, you know, they're not CEOs. They're entrepreneurs, they're founders. And, you know, running something, maintaining something over time and like managing people, like that's just not of their interest. I mean, they'll resist the shit out of it and complain about them all the time. Usually when I meet them, they're full of complaints about their team. Um, and, you know, they like to be there in the startup. And then they, you know, naturally, they're psychologically very attached to the thing because it's them and it's their brand. It's their full expression. They're known for that, let's say for three, four years, five years, however long it takes to get it to a successful place. And then they're at this place and nobody's giving them permission really to say, hey, hey, it's actually probably best for everybody if we create a process in which you can step out or step up, usually up and out, like go to the board, run the thing, be a whatever, you know, and then hire somebody to do all the shit you don't want to do. And so you quit like, you know, abusing people on a daily basis like you don't like it and you know and you you know uh you've had so much turnover and you don't trust anybody and because you don't play that well in the sandbox and you could i can help them if they want to like become a leader in that way but most of them really don't when they're honest like if you could leave and go start the next thing and this thing would stay successful would you want that that answer is 99 percent of the answer yes but they're so trapped by it in their own mind that they can't leave and they've created a whole world in which they're very essential, most of them, uh, which is really natural for us as people, I think. Um, and yeah, ego and, and you know, they're, they, for lots of reasons, I don't want to go on too long, but like for lots of reasons, they've set the whole world up to be really essential instead of being like, they are a unique contribution, and, but they're, they're, that's very different than being essential. And so trusting other people, that's not a small feat. Like communicating what you really think and feel is not a small feat. Um, slowing down is not a small feat. Uh, investing, taking a risk on somebody, like bringing in somebody that's at their level that would cost them more money. And that's a, you know, that's a big deal. We've t- talked about that. They, you know, and like, that's not a small feat. 
you know, usually what's needed, either you got to want to train people or like, you know, take somebody that's full of raw talent and really invest in them, which takes time. And they're all very sure they don't have time. So you want to do that or spend a lot of money. Those are kind of your two options. Or you could do what you're doing now, which is hire cheaper people and not invest in them and then get the shitty returns that that is. So, you know, that's why, I mean, I think people don't give themselves a lot of permission to, to, uh, step up and step out. Yeah. Oh, and that's you know, true. I think they're, they're tied, right. They're tied to like, I got to walk this thing all the way out until we raise a bunch of money or until we sell the thing. And that feels like failure. And so I give them a lot of room to, Hey, you might want to recalculate around this failure might be being miserable for the next five years and losing another whole senior leadership team. That might be failure. Um, success might be quitting now. And it's not quitting. It's, transitioning yeah i was gonna ask you um about like like it's like when you were describing the predicament that a lot of founders find themselves in or entrepreneurs find themselves in um uh the the word bottleneck came into my head of like they inadvertently become it and they don't even realize it you know because they need that that because they're because it was their thing they built the thing I know I'm speaking from literal personal experience that because I, of, I had my hands involved in everything because I built yep. it all, you know, then letting go of that. How, uh, how do you, um, how do you help someone realize that they are the problem? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many things. Um, <laughs> let's see. How do I help somebody realize they're the problem? Um, well, in my first conversation with them, I want to really hear all their complaints because um, that helps. It, gets, it, it builds vulnerability, builds rapport. Like they, they say stuff to me they haven't said to anybody else, I, and I really want to dig. So when they complain about something in a general way, I want to get them specific about it um, because there's a lot there, and human beings are just resentment machines. So it's good to like get all that out now. And then I'll ask, how long has it been that way? And for most of those answers, it's not like, oh, it just started yesterday. No, it wasn't last week. It wasn't last month. It's been for a couple of years. Okay, sure. good. So let's then entertain the idea. Why do you like the things you say you don't want? Because that's what I say, is that especially everybody I'm talking to, like you guys, like brilliant, hard charging, full of initiative. If there's pretty much anything you don't want in your life, you get rid of it. Um, you can get rid of it. So if you keep it around, here's that the counterintuitive question is like, if you've kept it around or if it's still been happening as a pattern for two years, there must be some hidden benefit to keeping it so. And they say, oh, no, it's not. I'm like, I, I get it. Of course, it's not. Let's entertain the idea as if it is. Let's just play a game. If it was a winning strategy to be this upset on a constant basis with your senior leadership team, what's the winning strategy? Like if there's benefit. And there's a lot of answers to that, right? Superiority, control, look good in my own eyes, you know, uh, manipulate people, license, blah, 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 blah. Long list of payoffs to it. Um, And then what are the prices to it? Because there's a shit ton of prices, as many or probably more prices that they're paying. But even when you look out from themselves, which they're usually most concerned about, look out, what's the impact on other people? What's the impact on your future to keeping this thing going? Okay, good. Now, you whatever you have, either you created it or you allowed it. That's the idea I've got, the thing I live with for myself. Like if whatever's going on in my life, I either created it or I've allowed it. No other room. Not like it happened. Not like it happened to me. Not like it's my wife. Not like it's my business partner. Not like it's the market. Not like it's anything else. I've either created it or I've allowed it. So I'm weird in that way. But the purpose of that is to generate a bed of personal responsibility is if I own all the shit that I've got in my life that I typically complain about, I own it. Like I want it to be here. Then I've got, then I've got some, I've got choice that if I didn't choose this, I can't choose something new. If it happened to me now I got to wait for it to change, which is like, if they, if the market, if the blah, 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 and I'm now subject to everything else, which it feels powerless and people react crazy and they're maniacs and very justified in their mania. Um, if they are in that disempowered victimy stance, just like all the murderers in prison. Wow. So, mm. so basically on your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and show yourself a lot of grace because yeah. most of them have been 
the top of class in everything they've done, right? And there's a, a when you're successful, there's a lot of pressure to like keep it up and live this persona, like to look like you've got it all together. And we call that the imposter syndrome now because we don't want to deal with the fact that we're all imposters, at least my view. We're all imposters. If we're venturing after something I've never done before, I am deciding to be an imposter. I'm writing checks. I don't know if I can cash. And I'm going to throw myself at it. And if I fail, I'm going to get back up and go again. But of course, I feel insecure because I'm venturing. I'm doing something. It's full of fear. Of course it is. And, I, you know, I need to go have a tough conversation with my senior leader, my VP of marketing, and have, have a tough conversation. I never took a class on how to have tough conversations. So this is going to be rocky. Yes, it is. It's going to be bad. It's okay. This is like the thing. But if you throw yourself at it with the vision and your commitment to the person and your own sense of honesty and your sense of like wanting oneness to be together, if you want to work with this person, then that's great. That's all you need. And you're going to figure out how to do it. And I train people how to talk about stuff. But like, that's my point, I guess. Final point is that own it and then let yourself be real. Like you're a mixed bag. Like you're both sinner and saint. That's all we got anyway. So if you can befriend, welcome to hugging the cactus. If we see the stuff in our lives, like the dark side of our lives, our own criminalness, our own, like, and I talk about it like this, like the sides of me that I want to hide, I want to chicken out. I want to be self-righteous. I want to be arrogant. I want to grandstand. I want to go to, you know, I got a long list of things I do to deal with uncertainty. And that's all my dark side. And if I can see that stuff and own it and befriend it and hug that puppy, then it doesn't run my life. Now it's an ally of mine because when those responses or defense mechanisms show up, they're telling me I'm off, not it, I, I'm off. So I can befriend that. And it's a cue to me that, hold on, let me slow myself down. Let me get connected. Let me get myself grounded. Let me, you know, so if I can do that with some grace, like some, like some, I don't know, forgiveness for myself, understanding that I'm not perfect, that I don't need to be perfect. Um, it seems like ideal is a good deal, but it's always a bad deal. Um, cause it's not life. It's not like that. So giving themselves that space, usually they don't live in a gracious environment. They haven't created it for themselves. So that's yeah. why they end up being really rough on other people. Yeah. Oh, so good. Adrian, I would keep going. Um, but you know, we'll have to have you back. Uh, we're going to take a brief break Love and it. we're going to find out where you can find you, follow you, stalk you, <laughs> work with you. And then your beat accent. All right, loves, it's super important to me that supplements I take are of the highest quality, and that's why for three years I've been drinking AG1. Unlike many supplement brands, AG1 is constantly searching for how to do things better. At 52 iterations of their formula and counting, their team is always trying to find better ways to source, test, and aim to find the best quality ingredients available. I love this so much, guys, because so many people think I have to get it right the first time, and they have done 52 different iterations. I freaking love that. So many people have asked me if AG1 is actually the real deal. I really do drink it, and trust me, there's a reason why I've been drinking it for so long. Quality for AG1 isn't just a buzzword. It's a commitment backed by expert-led scientific research, high-quality ingredients, industry-leading manufacturing, and rigorous testing. At each step of the process, AG1 goes above and beyond industry standards. I know I can trust what's in every scoop of AG1 because it's tested for 950 contaminants and banned substances while the industry standard typically only tests for 10. Holy moly. I know that like I'm a recovering overachiever over here, but I'm super glad AG1 isn't. Okay, so taking care of my health shouldn't be complicated and AG1 simplifies this by replacing multiple health supplements like multivitamins, digestive aids, immune support, and more in just one simple scoop. It's literally just one scoop. It's one scoop in one bottle of water. It's amazing. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop also includes prebiotics, probiotics, and digestive enzymes for gut support. Y'all know I've had gut stuff, so that's why I've been doing it for so long. I've partnered with AG1 for so long because they make such a high quality product that I genuinely look forward to drinking every day. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash be it. That's drinkag1.com slash B-E-I-T. Check it out. All right, Adrian, where do you hang out in the world? Where can people connect with you, learn how to hug a cactus with you? What's the next steps? Um, socially, uh, Instagram is, I'm on there just like everybody else. It's adrian.k on Instagram. I post stuff all the time. Um, love to have a dialogue with anybody. Um, love to argue with anybody. 
Uh, if you got you know contrarian views, that's great. Bring it up. Um, He's really good. So at hang out there. Really watch out. <laughs> t- t- yeah, talk. Get my wife in here. She's like, you are not fun. You are not fun. I'm like, I know. I don't think I'm that fun either. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, so hang on Instagram. Love to in, in, engage with folks there. We've got, as far as like ways to engage, um, that's a great place to start. TakeNewGround.com is our thing, is our website, which is very simple and just kind of lets you know our ethics and how we operate. The word bullshit is on there. I think it's the most popular phrase or word on the uh, on the website. Just because we say most coaching is bullshit, most training is bullshit, most assessments are bullshit, which I think is most of people's experience, ours too. So we stand to stand out from that. And the way we do that is we get real. You know, let's get really strategic, very effective. Let's do all those best business practices in the context of honesty, like relational honesty. So people that love working with us are folks that are really ready to get to the heart of the matter, which is human beings are unendingly complex. I'm unendingly complex, and I got to jump into a deep conversation about self-mastery before I go looking in anybody else's backyard. Mm. Um, so anyway, people can connect us that way. We've got a handful of kind of, if people want to dip their toe in the water, um, three things coming up. I'll be quick about it. One is like we've got a, we, we generated a negotiation training. Because cool. we say life's not, life's not fair. It's what you negotiate. Um, we're going to do it out in LA end of July. So if you go to take newground.com slash in lab or negotiation lab in lab, um, you'll learn about that. Um, and we love it. Uh, and it's just really, it's, it's, it's around a lot of things, like a lot of like how to work with conflict, how to do some strategic negotiations, which is some of us need to be doing that. Um, but all of us need to be negotiating in life, like how we approach life, you know, even it's, it's like, what's going on for dinner tonight. That's a negotiation. It might sound extreme to say it that way, but like, you know, you know what I mean? It is. So how do you get what you want and help other people? How, how do they help other people? Yeah. How do they help other people get what they want? Um, so we have like a negotiation quiz if they're interested in that. So that's negotiation.takenewground.com. If you want to take a quiz, we made it for you guys. So you have a, a view into, we've got like five negotiation styles. It's good to know your own um, and the upsides to it and the blind spots in it. And if you want to up your game, um, come to the training, um, which is great, which is great and fun. We do like a deep, deep dive, um, leadership Academy. That's it's called the intrepid leadership Academy. That's going to start in August as well. It's out here in LA as well. Um, and it's like three weekends over three months and it's a cohort of around 20 people. It's already filling up as we speak. Um, then it's awesome. If you definitely, if you run a company, it would help you. If you are a senior leader in a company, it would help you. If you're an aspiring future senior leader, it's going to help you. It's really around the art and style of self-leadership and then making a difference with other people. So it's really sees leadership through the coaching paradigm, like the conversational nature of reality and leadership. Everything happens in language. So um, that's for folks that are really interested in a deep dive. That's the Intrepid Leadership Academy. And then the last thing is like the easiest first step probably. And it's, um, it's called the Revenant process, which is uh, a four day deep dive personal leadership Academy. Um, there's like, we just had 41 people in the room in Boise two weeks ago. We're going to be in Hawaii. Hello. In October. Um, and it's going to be awesome. I mean, you, you guys are coming, so that's great. Um, just kidding. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. We maybe. Um, it's maybe on the way home hey, from Cambodia. You love. I, I hear you love travel. We do. So, um, anyway, so the Revenant process, and that's wearerevenant.com for those that are looking for uh, for a specific next step to go check that out. It is it is mind bending, heartbreaking, reconstituting. It's awesome. I love it. Uh, I went through that training like 12 years ago when I was running the foundation. And I thought, holy shit, I've never been in a room that talk like this. And it's really about the stand that you take in the world. So it's around your vision and make, and living your commitment, living your word, and getting a ton of feedback around how that's doing, how, like, how that's working with other people. So it's much about community. So um, that's awesome. And if you just want to like explore, if you've got a team and you want to like, if you're having issues now, you want to scale your team, you want to clean some stuff up, you can just reach out to me and I'll connect connect you. I'll either talk to you or there's, if there's a perfect person on my team to connect you with. We have a growing team of consultants that are amazing that we've all trained. Um, so we've got somebody that can help you for sure. Love it. Well, 
Well, you've given us so many amazing things. And by the way, guys, all those will be in the show notes, all those links. So just easy click of a button. Um, Bold, executable, intrinsic, targeted steps that people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have for us? Yeah, bold. That's actually one of our core values of our company. Um, So to be bold, uh, I know for me, to be bold is to, and I'm a pretty strong personality. um, So I can can look bold often. Um, The boldness for me is to give myself the space to get real about what I really want. Now, that might sound weird, but I'm a really service-oriented guy, and I'm guessing most of the leaders that listen to this are really service-oriented. You guys are all about helping other people. The challenge with that is you can spend your life serving other people, and you become really dry, which I've got lots of stories about how that doesn't work out in your life for me. So I think the boldest thing is to slow down Get clear about any kind of complaints I've got. Get clear about any kind of resentments I've got. Any kind of muck that I know that I've been carrying around for a while. And the bold action is to get that shit on paper mm. and ask myself the question, do I want to live with this? Or is there some kind of new future that I'm, I at least want to you know, go create? And you'll probably, you'll probably need to go. The next one is executable. The, the, the next thing you probably need to do is to find somebody to go talk to about that. Now, you might not be around people that you trust or the people that you quote unquote trust maybe can't handle that. So you need to go find somebody. Some people go hire a coach for this kind of stuff. I was going to say, you need to get some bullshit coaching. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Get some bullshit coaching. They'll pat you on the back. If you want some no bullshit coaching, come to us. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the the next spot is, right? So, But the next spot is to like take action on that. Like life is short. Life is really short. I mean, we don't know, right? How long we got on this planet. So I just get after it. So I think the next thing is to like go confess. I mean, I'd say the word confess, which might sound weird. Go speak that out loud. Like, let it be so that you're any like the Kierkegaard's got this quote that's always impactful to me. Like people find a level of despair that's tolerable and call that happiness. Like if you don't have hope that something can get better, it makes the heart sick, says the old rabbi. And if, you, if you've got that, then I wouldn't settle for that anymore. And part of the solution, especially for hard driving, type A, get shit done, perfectionistic people, is we feel that nobody can handle me. Most people, I think. At least I know that's part of my shtick that I'll run on myself. Is like, if I was really honest, they'd run for the hills. Or if I was really honest, I'd be too much for them. That's one of my lies I tell myself. And for them, that might be true. I just got to find a new them. You know, like, is that old... Paul Simon line, I will not be convicted by a jury of my peers. I just got to get some new peers, man. That's, that's what hit me. Is like, just you'll be convicted by some people that don't, can't handle it. Go find somebody to talk to, you know, whether that's somebody close to you or some kind of coach, go find somebody to go be yourself with, be messy. Stop being the icon of the leader and go be the mixed up, messy leader that you actually are. Like get out of the persona and get into who you are. Mm. Oh That's my what I'd gosh, say. you're phenomenal. These are so amazing. <laughs> Adrian. What's the third one? Oh, you can, well, I feel like you got intrinsic in there. Oh, right? good. You did oh, good. because like you got to like confess and then the targeted was like get a real, like get real specific with these things. So well, I, I, get think, real I think you nailed it. I, I loved the, um, the part about the uh, get finding people who you could be messy with because I I think that's that's as much of a part of the trap as anything else. Yeah, is the, it is the people that we surround ourselves with, and yeah. And so, man, just uh, wisdom, uh, wisdom, man, dude, I miss you. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I yeah. know. We miss I find you. myself in such yearning, so much fun here. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are gonna do this again. We're also gotta get ourselves to L.A., Hawaii, something, and 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 hug you and and see your beautiful family again. Um, Please. y'all, how are you going to use these tips in your life? Let us know, tag Adrian, tag the Be It Pod, share this with a friend who needs to learn how to hug a cactus. And and uh, Adrian, thank you for being your awesome self. Until next time, everyone, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. 
help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of the Bloom Podcast Network. It's written, filmed, and recorded by your hosts, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. It is produced and edited by the Epic Team at Desenio. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music, and our branding by designer and artist Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to Melissa Solomon for creating our visuals and Samena Velazquez for our transcriptions. Also to Angelina Herico for adding all the content to our website, And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. All right, my coffee lovers, I got something for you. And I know most of you are coffee lovers because if you're listening to this, you have lots of things you're doing and coffee is something that you are taking with you everywhere you go. In fact, I know the Plaza instructors around here are taking coffee, kombucha, tea, and water into every class that they take. So this one is amazing because this is Pure Cafe Bold. They have two options for you. They've got black coffee and then they've got a caramel coffee latte, which is amazing. And here's why it's amazing. It's pre-brewed. So it comes in this amazing little packet and you can actually just take the packet in to your office, your work on a plane like we've been doing. And then you pour hot water in and boom, you've got coffee. And this coffee actually has some amazing stuff. It's not just regular coffee. This coffee supports your immune system. It boosts cognitive function, increases stamina, it reduces stress, and it has cordyceps. And what are cordyceps, you ask? Oh, that's right, Brad's here. Nature's powerful secret energizer, a rare species of fungi, cordyceps is renowned for its invigorating properties and centuries-old use in traditional medicine packed with essential nutrients. This natural adaptogen boosts stamina and supports overall well-being. And seriously, it's actually super simple to make. Leslie and I have taken it camping. Yeah. I'll use it in the afternoon. We're taking it everywhere because I'm tired of conferences and different hotels having burnt coffee. It's a thousand times better than the terrible coffee that you get on an airplane. And the black coffee is like less than a dollar a packet. So it's like, it's really kind of amazing. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a big fan of the caramel myself. He the does caramel like has it. a little bit of, uh, of milk in it. So. It has some dairy. So my dairy free peeps, you, you can't do the caramel, but you can do the black, right? Yeah. The black coffee is vegan, keto, gluten-free, non-GMO, nut-free, dairy-free, fat-free, and CGMP compliant. All right. So here's the deal. You need to go to beitpod.com slash coffee, B-E-I-T-P-O-D.com slash coffee. And when you do that, you are going to be able to get some amazing coffee that we're loving. You can buy it as a one-time purchase or you can actually get it as a subscription. There's even family packs. So if you know that you've got a lot of coffee drinkers in your household, this is amazing. And it's honestly cheaper than all the coffees we've been making at home. So we are so excited. I hope you are. Go to beatpod.com slash coffee. And, you know, cheers to you and I. Every morning, we'll be drinking the same coffee together. Woo!